You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Welcome to another episode of Can We Talk? This is Eric. I'm here with Shane and Anthony. What's, what's happening? A lot. Every time we take a week off, this is a lot. Things happen, right? Things just like this craziness happens every time we do that. Uh, how was y'all weekend? Everything uh, was good. Uh, you go first. Oh, it was cool. Like I was telling y'all, like I went to um, Eddie V's mm-hmm. so, um, seafood restaurant in Troy, and I wouldn't. I it was it's too expensive. I would yeah. never go back again. I went for my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, Andy! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Um, yeah, like I didn't, I didn't pay. I, I went prepared to pay, but yeah. I'm glad that I didn't have to pay for my own. <laughs> you meal. saw that bill, like, oh shoot. The 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 tip was 150. dollars Oh my god. Oh my. Wait, how, tell me how many people they went. Tell you it was um, it was, it was eight or nine of us. Oh my god. So what was like the average price for each meal? Like, what was the price? Like, of your I got you scallops, and that's and, why you can scallops. Um, but they were kind of like on the cheap end. Yeah. Like my my nephew got the cheapest thing on the menu, which was the chicken, and that was twenty eight dollars. And of course, wow. like at those type of restaurants, this type of stuff is a la carte. Okay. And like I think he got like the crab fried rice, which was like fourteen dollars. Oh shoot. Well, I mean, shout out to Eddie V's. If you, <laughs> you want to um, sponsor our podcast, <laughs> if your food was good. <laughs> yeah. And like I was saying, like, I it was a lot of fake titties there. I, I, I never seen that amount. Like, and I went to the, like, yeah, I went to the beach when I was out of town. Yeah. And I still, that was a lot. Of- so was it just like rich people just? Yes. With a, oh. Like, we walked out. It was a, um. It was a Ferrari oh. outside, and my nephew's like, "Take a picture, <laughs> <laughs> take a picture in front of the Ferrari." <laughs> that that sounds fun, though. How was your your Disney World trip? Oh, it was awesome. Um, I the highlight of the trip for me is when I, we went to Universal Studios and we mm-hmm. went to the Harry Potter part. Oh, you get the butter beer? Yes, I yeah, did. It was disgusting, beer. but <laughs> I liked it. I didn't. I liked the foam on the top. Yeah, but the rest of it, I didn't. I didn't like it. My I got my daughter the frozen one, and she didn't want it. No. So I ended up drinking both <laughs> of them. But I did um, get on a roller coaster by mistake. I don't like roller coasters. Oh my! I mean, but Disney World's roller coasters aren't that that bad. I went to Universal Studios. Oh when yeah, I went to Universal yeah. Studios. I got on the roller coaster by mistake because it's inside. Oh. And I thought it was just like the Harry Potter ride. You know, it's like a lot of three D. Yeah. And, just the car shaking. I'm like, oh, I was telling my daughter, like, oh, it's just like Harry Potter. She's like, no, I don't like mummies. Uh, so I'm like, it's just like that rice. So I'm like, you're tall enough to get on there, so let's just get on there. She was like, no, I'm gonna stay out here with Grandpa. Yeah. So me and my mom went, and it was a roller coaster. Wait, that was the mummy, the mummy roller coaster. Yeah, I've been on that one. Yeah, yeah, I was it, screaming the whole time. It, it tricks you because <laughs> you don't think that it's an indoor roller coaster. You, yeah, like you said, you think it's just like a little you go around a circle, shake yeah. a little bit. And You're then right. they like keep your hands inside the <clears> ride. <throat> the ride is coming to a stop, and then a mummy pops out. Like it's only the beginning, and then it like, starts. No. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. I wish I had a, a Disney World trip. What about you, Anne? I know we went out yesterday with the for the barbecue with Nicole. Oh, how was that? Uh, it was good, man. Nicole, uh, <laughs> shout out to Nicole, man. Shout She'll, out. She's gonna be back. Um, she threw a um. A Fourth of July party, a Happy Birthday America party, while dissing America in the same breath. <laughs> she played songs like "This Is America," "Party in the USA," um, 
I think there's a song called Born on the Fourth of July or something like that. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, it was just a great party, man. You know, we just uh she was uh she was red, white, and blue, her skin's white. Her her, her, <laughs> her shirt um, was red. Her shirt was red and her her jeans were blue. She was red, white, and blue and um it was a fun time. Yeah, I had a good one. That was, it, and playing those games too, we played uh cornhole. I think it was your first time playing cornhole. It was my first time. We played yeah, beer we, pong. Beer pong. Yeah, um, we had a good time. It reminded me of college. It was like a flashback. There was pudding shots. There was like Jello pudding mixed with uh, some strawberry cream vodka. That was yeah. good. Like red, white, and blue, or they. No, it was just oh. it was just straight up just pudding shots. It was a lot of food, a lot of popcorn, uh, burgers, and hot dogs. I wish you would have came. Yeah, I had to go out to that expensive dinner for yeah. my brother. How was your? I mean, how was your Fourth of July? Like, I feel like I didn't do anything, and it's not because it was ironic. I just for like Fourth of July, like the actual day on Wednesday. First off, it was a Wednesday, so I'm like, you know, I got to go to work in the morning, uh-huh. so I'm not trying to do nothing. And then for me, I don't really care for like fireworks. I don't really care for like Fourth of July isn't my one of my favorite holidays. I just don't really think much about it. Um, and so I didn't do anything. I just sat in the house. Straight sure. up, I think my whole day was just like a metaphor for America. Like, like. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, straight up, I just think my whole day was a metaphor for America. Like, it started off with me taking my girl to Somerset Mall. <laughs> right. We started off on the rich side where all we did was window shop, traveled over to the poor side where we went to Chick fil A. <laughs> okay, shout and out Chick fil A. Was it line long? No. It's not long anymore. I think people have just settled in with it. Right. Um, so it was our first time. So we thought it was just meh, but I really like it. Uh, took her home, went to my second job where I got overtime, got off early. And then I went to go see Sicario 2, which was fitting because that movie kind of makes America look like assholes. What is it, what is it called? Sicario? Sicario 2, yeah. Or Benicio Del, Benicio Del Toro. Del Toro. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's the, it's, I didn't see the first one, so I didn't. It's pretty good. It's probably about the war on drugs. But anyway, mm-hmm. I just I, I, I was taking a, a trip down memory lane. Like, I was going to the AMC Star Southfield where I used oh, yeah. to go as a kid. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? The prices are low, so I'll just go there. And the place... Look, and no disrespect to AMC, it, it smelled like no you total know, disrespect because AMC. they haven't done any. I don't think they even mopped the floor since they like. No, it's trash. It's it, trash. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> I don't know if it was because they didn't want to clean for the fourth, but the the, the theater smelled like piss and ashed out blunts. <laughs> like for real, man, I could barely focus on the movie. Like <laughs> so I was, gross. I was I, I was so focused putting my hand over my nose like these while I was watching the movie. I only go to that cinema because tickets full price are six dollars. Yes. Yeah, that's the only reason I went so because. Cheap. I had went to see Sicario 2 before, but it was late in the night, so I fell asleep. And I said, mm-hmm. that was a good movie. I really want to see the whole thing. So I said, well, you know, Star Southfield is cheap. but Yeah. Don't never do that, man. Don't. Don't. No. I just go to either AMC, John R., go to Imagine. Although it's never expensive. been that bad, though. It's never been that bad. It was like usually they clean up a little. It was just like it was a dump. No. <sighs> I, last time I went, I think I took my daughter to see Sing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a good and movie. And she's like, look, mommy, it fly. Like, it was, like, flying. I'm like, it's part of the movie. And, then, and she, like, pointed to it. I'm like, no, that's a real oh, that's a real fly. So that's a part of the movie. Like, no. No, that's a real fly. Oh. No, I, I saw Logan there, and it wasn't bad when I saw Logan there. And that was recent. Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, whoever the management, man, they got to get it together. Got like the that. same old decorations with the Indiana Jones and all that. I'm like, that's, that's like stuff. 1990. That's, that's stuff, that stuff <laughs> yeah. was cool to look at when y'all first opened. Right. Get some new decorations. Like, they, yeah, they got to get this together. I'm I'm never going there again. I'm sorry. It's just it's not worth yeah. my time. If I do an AMC, I'll do like Lavonia or something like that. John R isn't bad. I like John R with the with the C too. 
Like it's like it's like become the new Phoenix Theater on Eight Mile. <laughs> yeah, it has. But let on that note, let's segment on to the next. <laughs> let's move on to the next segment, which is the current event. So, has anyone heard about these kids in Thailand who are stuck in this cave? You hear about that? Yeah, I heard. Of, are they still stuck? So they're they're uh, rescuing them now. I think today or last night they're doing a rescue mission. Um, I think they got about six kids out. So for those who don't know, I think twelve kids were trapped. Was it, I forgot what the accident was? It was a the pl- plane accident, something like that. But twelve kids got stuck in a cave in Thailand, and it's extremely hard to get to this cave. Like you have to go through this like long stretch of tunnel. Then you got to dive into this water. You got to go underground and then get back up into them. And so they were stuck in there for at least a couple of weeks right now. So they're I think they're high school soccer players or high school age kids. And they're all soccer players um, and they're stuck in there with their coach. And so today was the first day where they're actually trying to get them out. Um, I think they said they had about six kids out so far as 12 of them. And so they said it could take anywhere between like two or three days to get everybody out. I did hear that an officer did pass. Yeah, he was one of the um, Navy the Thailand Navy SEALs. Um, he passed away trying to sort of help, you know, get the kids out. But so the, rest in peace to him. But um. That was just crazy. I, mean, I can only imagine being stuck in a cave for that long with 12 people. That's one of my worst fears. Being trapped anywhere is my worst fear. Yeah, and, I'm claustrophobic. And I don't like elevators. I'll take the stairs to the 10th yeah. floor. It kind of <laughs> reminds me, do you remember those Colombian um, miners who got trapped? They got trapped like underground. They made a movie about that. Yeah, they made a movie about them. It's sort of the same thing. Like they were, I think they were trapped down there for like a few weeks, like four or five weeks. Um but hopefully everyone gets out safely. You know, we, we, we're praying, wishing them the best. Um, I think they, from the last update, I think all of them are healthy at this point. But, yeah, it's just that's just a scary story. Um, and in other news, I hope y'all heard about this. <laughs> I'm sure y'all heard about this. The um, fa- black family who went to go to the pool in their own complex. I think it was like the, the housing complex had a pool that they're trying to go to. And then this, this white guy. They said that they didn't belong there. So he called the cops. She had to prove, like, she had to actually scan her pool card to show them that she actually belonged there. Um, and the guy, the white guy who uh, called the cops on the, the woman, her child, I think he got fired from his job. It was a lot of uproar. Got Why fired is from all his job. this happening now? Cameras? Cam- yeah. Cameras on the phones. Yeah, because I wouldn't say it's. I'm sure it happened all the time. It's because, just we don't like, see it. as soon as you said pool incident, I'm like thinking about the other pool incident where the gentleman got in the pool with his socks on. Oh, it was another one too. Yeah, <laughs> and they called the cops. Like, although I mean, you don't have to call the cops for somebody putting their socks on. Like, first off, don't please don't call the cops for stuff that's not important. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, why put someone? First off, why use these resources? when they can be used somewhere else. Like, what's the point of calling cops for something like that? And you already know, most of the times we call the cops on a black person, this thing could escalate to something worse. So yeah, they know. They know. So um, these incidents, man, it's just, I'm glad these things are being captured on, on camera so people have proof of what was, is actually going on in our society. But it's just sad that, like, every week there's something else, something new. And it's kind of disheartening. It's like, you know, what can we do? Like we had that conversation. What thing, what can black people or what shouldn't black people do? And this is we're adding to this list. Like you can't even go to the pool. You can't you can't jump in the pool with your, your clothes on. It's crazy. Um, I think for current events, I don't want to talk talk about Trump, so we're gonna move on. <laughs> go ahead, Shane. What you, what you have for your for your uh hip hop corner? Uh I don't know. 
Like it's been two weeks. I didn't listen to Drake. Oh my god. How was no Drake? Drake? All right. Um, it was. I'll just. I'll just summarize it as this. It was better than Views. Um, I don't think he's gonna make another Take Care, which I I argue no, is not. his best. Uh, one disc is rapping, one disc is singing. Yeah, there's some fillers, but you know, overall, I think it's solid. I agree. I definitely. It was. It was a few bangers on each side. Um, I like the. I think I might like the rapping version or part better than the singing part, yeah. personally. Um. It's just too long for me, though. I'm sorry. I just have a, I have a short attention span. I hate having to listen to three hours worth of music. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's like I'm going to listen to it in short spurts. So I try to listen to it that night it came out. I'm like, it's just too late. I'm tired. So I listened to like two or three songs, went to bed. And then I just sort of digest a little bit more. And again, it's okay. It's an okay album. I don't I don't knock it. I mean, there's some some songs that I really do like. Um, the one in particular, the second song on version Track one, uh, nonstop. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. Yeah. That's my favorite. Sandra's uh, Rose. That's him and DJ Premier. That's a good one. Um, nice. I mean, Nice Boy always like that one. So that's, that's really not new. The Michael Jackson collab is exactly what I would picture it if he was still living, but mm. it doesn't make it much. I mean, I feel like I feel like they would make a slow song together, and that's kind of yeah. what it was. I mean, you know, the one track he actually claimed his kid was that emotionless. That was one. March 14th. March 14th, yeah, March 14th. He, cl- he actually claimed his kid. I don't know. What do you think about that, Shannon? His- I think that song would have came out regardless if Pusha said something. I think that was I think that was prepared for that album. It's just that Pusha exposed it early. I don't know. I don't know. I, was like, I don't know. I just think, man, the whole situation, I don't. I really think that he was forced to release that. I don't know. If, I don't think. Forced? He, not forced, but I think that Pusha T sort of pushed his hand a little bit in releasing that out because if you're if you're Drake, why would you even disclose that? You don't need to if you don't want to. I mean, I think, but like part of his brand is being a nice guy. The whole I, girl, I see you working hard. I'm gonna rub your feet when you get home. Like (laughs) type of like that's part of his brand. That's part of why like a lot of women are fans of him. And then I like he kind of dropped off a couple of points with I, with Drake female fr- fans that I know because of who he got pregnant. Mm. In all honesty, he doesn't come off as the nice guy on the song. He kind of like admits his faults in the situation. Yeah, he, he does. That nice guys do. I mean, but you <laughs> so I, then maybe I, he's a nice guy that messed up then. But I completely agree. I think his image is everything for him, and he's yeah. trying. He's trying to maintain that squeaky clean. Image, um, although we all know we all have flaws and faults. Um, but I mean, I'm glad he acknowledged it. I just think that, I mean, he could have did it two years ago whenever the kid was born. <laughs> like, he didn't have to wait this long if he, if he was really true, truly honest about it. Um, so that's why I kind of think the push T situation either revealed, revealed it too soon or I think it forced his hand a little bit in, in terms of revealing it. Do y'all think that song is really classic, though, the story of Adion? I think it's a great comeback. I think it's a great, it's like, 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 like winning song, but uh, y'all think that'll I go down? I just feel like we throw, mm. we throw that word around too much. Like, we, you have to give things time to marinate before we say, oh, it's a classic. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that... Um, especially in this day and age, everyone overreacts to everything. Yes, that's that's our issue. Me, and I understand because like we're in that that type of that day and age where you know everyone's just on Twitter tweeting, spreading the word, and so everything gets hyped up and propped up. I think it was it was a good comeback. I mean, it's not memorable outside think, of the few lines about you know his kid and all that and the girl he was messing with. 
I, I'm gonna be honest. I think as far as like winning, you know, push it through some great jabs and he won. But I think, mm-hmm. I think W freestyle is a bit more. It's a bit more memorable to me because, yeah. like, when I listen to story of Adion, I like story of OJ better because all I hear yeah. is story of OJ when I hear that. But you know one thing though, I think Drake he's smart because he gave Pusha T that battle. Like he won the battle, but I think Drake won the war ultimately. Because think about it, you got people, you got this album to drop. You know, people talking to, talking about him. He wasn't know. gonna change though. No, that, yeah, I mean, Drake is Drake. He's gonna Drake sell, but. He's making money off of it. He sort of claimed that. Now people are, are intrigued. They they know he had a kid now. Um, and he he won the war when, he, when it comes down to it. He's, he's making money. Should we move on? Well, hold on, hold on. Oh, uh, uh, Damon Dash and Lee Daniels. Oh, my God. Yes. That, But that's, that, like, not new. He mentioned that on The Breakfast Club. But the way he came up to my man, I hope I, you know they purposely recorded that thing. Um he came up to him like slow, so at a just, Diana Ross concert. A Di- right, Lee Daniels yeah, was, was jamming. Who, I was, was like, wondering who was singing. That was yeah. Diana Ross. Yeah. It was like Lee Daniels was upset. He was listening to <laughs> Diana Ross, and then my man just came up to him and just demanded his money. But Lee Daniels is dirty for that. that that's 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 dirty. Someone give you two million dollars as a loan, and you just dodge him. Yeah, forever. I Not mean, just a loan, because like like a loan. To me, it would be more hurtful. Like, if I loan somebody to pay your rent and you don't pay me back, okay, whatever. Right. But if I loan you money to fund your dream right. and then your dream comes true and you are able to finesse that into somewhat of an empire, you have two shows on Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you don't pay me back. Like, that would hurt because nobody else believed in you. Two million dollars, that's a lot of belief. Seriously. Whether you got two million dollars to loan or not. Yeah, I think... You know, that there's a moral and legal aspect to this. The moral is just everything Shayna just said. You know, even like he invested, Damon Dash invested in, in Kevin Hart. Kevin yep. Hart's dream came true, and I'm sure Kevin Hart paid Damon oh, Dash sure. back in a lot of ways. You know, there's that aspect, and then there's the legal aspect of was it on paper? Because if Lee Daniels was a t- complete dick, if he yeah. just didn't want to pay back, he could be like, well, it's not on paper, so I'm going to yeah. keep going. I mean, um, but I think le- legality of that. Even if it's verbal, that's still a contract, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, in court, you can still sue. Um, I just think that, as you said, Shana, any time that you you put money and resources behind a person, and they kind of they they do you like that, you know, I'm gonna have a problem with that because he dodged them for like what thirteen years, something like that. That's yeah, a, long, that's a long, time long time to dodge somebody. And I would be upset. I would do the same thing if I was named Josh and, and put it in in recording, like record it, so that he know he could take this to the court to the judges, like, hey. We got evidence that he said this, right? Yeah, and you know it was um it was um <coughs> what else happened? Um, it was his interview on TMZ that some people in the barbershop were kind of talking about. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he came off as kind of pompous, saying, "Oh, well, you know, I know Dame needs the money, so I'm gonna pay him." Oh, but God. I mean, like, something but there like was that. a point in time where you needed the money, right? 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 Yeah, I get it. Yeah, so. Mm. I just thought it was and interesting, man. It's kind of making the Monique thing. It's bringing the Monique thing back to light a little bit. I was gonna say that because Monique, she got she got stiffed as well um, in the whole Precious movie. And what they pay like five hundred thousand dollars for a movie that fifty, it was 50, 50, 50, 50, 55000 fifty thousand, fifty five thousand, fifty thousand dollars. Like that just shows you Lee Daniels. He's just he's kind of crooked. Well, it, now. They didn't know how big it was gonna be. In all fairness, yeah. Because I think everybody from Friday, John Witherspoon came out and said everybody from Friday made like five thousand. Dang. Right, they didn't know how big the movie's gonna be. It's more so the aftermath that's right. the shadiness of it. Right, like get those royalties. I mean, the movie still, I'm sure, is made over well over. 
I don't know what it grows, but it's enough to at least pay her something. So yeah, that gives that gives Monique a lot of credibility in her story. I think that we were quick to bash her, and then when we saw the whole situation with Dame Dash and Lee Daniels, I think we jumped on on Dame Dash side a little bit more than we did with Monique. But that's I mean that's up to interpretation. I don't know how y'all feel about that's that. That's a murky situation though. That's way more. That's not as black and white as Dame and Lee. I mean, what do you think Cause, about? Because it's it's the Oprah and Tyler factor that makes me kind of cock my head a little yeah. bit. Why? Because I don't think Tyler should get shade. I don't think Tyler did anything wrong, to be what honest. What about Oprah? Well, that's debatable, too. But, I mean, like, that's not really black and white to me. I mean, what do y'all think about— as, as far as the aspect of bringing your family on the show and not letting that person know, then, yeah, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But the Tyler Perry thing, I'm still kind of cocking my head. Like, well, should he be dragged? I just think it's wrong for her to record a personal conversation like that without letting the person know. Um Oh, yeah, she recorded Tyler, didn't she? Yeah, she recorded him. I mean, with the Dame Dash situation, it's a little bit different because you're in public. Anyone could just pull out a phone in public and, and, and film you. But when you have a conversation that's in private and it's amongst your friend and you're not telling me that you're re- releasing this recording, then that's that's a little shady to me on that on that side. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't agree with her on that. But, I mean, I understand where Monique's coming from. She They she, only paid her 55000 for the movie, and they asked her to promote it, which means free, she had yeah. if, for basically just the 55000 right. that they pay her for. I can see that if she paid, if they pay her a million or something like that, and they had, hey, this is a part of what you have to do for this movie. Right. But she already had a paying gig. She had a late night show on BET that she yeah. had to take. So I get why she wouldn't be able to promote that movie without additional funds right and for somebody like oprah who has funds to say hey come promote this movie but i'm not going to give you anything extra that you have to fund your own travel and lodging and all of that i feel like it's wrong and then to and to blackball her because of that Oh, it's, it's different things. It's not just the promoting, you know, there's the promoting, there's the blackball, there's the thing of not getting new roles because of the blackball. And there's a lot of, there's like a complex web of things that came from this. But like, if saying the blame entirely lies on one person or on like three mm-hmm. or on Monique herself as well, it's like, it's murky. My thing is that this sort of, this just reminds me of our relationships that we have in our community. Like, we need to support each other. Like, this. We're all in this together. It's only a right. few, you know, black actors out here who who really doing it big. And if you know, like, somebody needs some some help, or, or if they're doing promotions, and you, that's just that's the right thing to do. Give them money to promote it. And I think that we need to start um just helping each other out. Like other communities do it. Like they give you money because they know that first off, your success is our is my success. Um, and that we're not independent of one another. I just think that's a whole mentality that has to shift, you know, amongst us because. It's just, I mean, it's just not right. It did it wrong. At and the then the remember when those Sony emails leaked? They were talking about Kevin Hart. He wouldn't even tweet without extra money. Mm. Yeah, that's a well. Yeah. That, that was a hustler move, though. I mean, if you can get extra money on it, why not? I wasn't bad at. I wasn't mad at Kevin. I'm like, he's trying to grab that light as long as he can, and I don't blame him. I don't blame. I don't blame. I don't him blame either. him either. Because no. I, I think your your lifespan as an actor or a comedian, whatever entertainer, is fairly short. Like it could be here, then then going the next week. And so you got to do what you got to do to survive. I don't blame him at all. Like, you know, I think Tiffany Haddish, I think she's okay. She don't really make me laugh that much, but I want to see her in more movies. I wouldn't mind seeing her as many movies as Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy, excuse me. I just think that when it comes to, um, you know, black actors, we get a bad rep when we're we're asking for a little bit bit of money. You know, I think people are like, oh, they just, they out for them. You know, they're doing it for themselves, all that. 
But I'm sure George Clooney, other people, Brad Pitt, they're doing the same thing. They're not putting their name on anything without getting some endorsement or getting money for it. So, But they look out for people, too. Brad Pitt co-produced Moonlight. Well, I don't want to go too far off topic, but, you know, they, they look yeah. out. Yeah, but, I mean, that's that's the reality of it. So let's move on <laughs> to the uh, two cents. Yeah, I don't want to take much away from our theme for the episode. I don't have much. Uh, I saw Sicario, too. Um, I'll just say this. It's very – it's good. Um, they're they're setting up for a third one. Uh, I think in comparison to the first one, the theme doesn't ring as hard as it does in, in the sequel because the, the first one had a female lead, Emily Blunt. Yeah. And it was really about a woman who, you know, who, who goes by the book who's being marginalized in her own industry mm. as compared to Benicio Del Toro and Josh Brolin's characters, who this second film focuses more on. So I think because they that I think because that theme is kind of like away in this film, it doesn't ring as hard. But there's still some thought provoking themes. Um, it's gritty, violent. Um, yeah, I mean, I like it. Yeah. Okay. It's not. It's not bad. It's not. It's. It's not a rip off of traffic because some people look at it like that, but it's really not that. I started. I read the novel American Gods and started the show, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yeah, all like a few episodes. Of it is. I enjoyed it. it. It is a good show. Um, that's it for me. So I watched Ant Man and the Wasp. I really enjoyed. It. I really really enjoyed it. Um, they just do a great job of adding that you know the, the comedic element to it. And it just, it seems just, it's a fun movie. Like, it's just a really fun movie. Um, I can't do it, man. Why, Why not? not? Listen, I love Paul Rudd, but I just can't see him as Ant-Man and take it serious. It's not a serious movie at all. <laughs> half, half, of, half of the group got disem- got disappeared, man. I, we, we really want to <laughs> laugh after that? <laughs> I think well, this is both, this is either taking place during, because I was having a conversation with uh, with Anthony about it. Like, I, I think this is taking place kind of like during, and he's on house arrest, mm-hmm. so he can't communicate with any of the Avengers. So I think that's kind of why he is oblivious to what's going on. Yeah. How is Anthony? Yeah, right. <laughs> but we went so we were talking about that like how did he not know like you know because you know beginning of infinity war new york is like destroyed yeah well they ex- they explain it all they they talk about it in detail about the situation and, and it's, it's pretty much that he was on house arrest for two years i don't want to give too much away though but he was in house arrest he couldn't do anything if he left his house he would have been sent to prison for 20 years I'll check um, it out, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll check it out eventually. I but, did see the first purge. <clears throat> oh, I, I heard it was good. I, I haven't seen it yet, though. It's better than the last one, but mm. the last one was like really bad. Yeah, the last yeah, the last one is, was horrible. It was really bad. Um, I think this is basically um an audition tape for Yolanda Well for to mm. be an action star. Mm. He did really good. Okay, he. Yolanda Noel, yes. He's he's on Insecure. Oh, that oh, guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I thought you were talking about the female lead. I didn't, um, I didn't know his name. Um, okay. So somebody said this is trying to be uh, politically conscious, too. But I think outside of the first purge, they all are political. Mm-hmm. Outside yeah. of the, outside of first first purge, or? Outside, outside of the, the purge, the very, yeah, okay. very first the one with movie. Ethan Hawke. Mm. But I also think it's kind of weird for a franchise to not have been around it that long to mm. have four movies. Yeah, and like each year, you're right, almost, like, almost yeah. each year they've been. I think yeah. How long has the franchise been around? Since two thousand, like maybe twelve, thirteen, probably twelve. Yeah, mm. 
I mean, they're working fast. Yeah. I, I don't know how they're doing it. It's like the Paranormal Activity movies. You know, those were dirt cheap. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't think they're as cheap as, as they are. Like uh, the first Purge was, I think the budget was maybe a few million. Yeah. And then it, of course, blew up. And they were, yeah, and they were only in the house. Right, right. So, yeah, it wasn't a lot of extra expenses with that. So is, this, um, so is it a good movie? I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. It was okay. It was okay. It was okay. I mean, I'm glad I went to go see it. <clears throat> yeah. I, like I said, I think Yolanda Noel did a uh, really good job. Well, I'm going to see it at some point. Um, I had a question. I talked to Anthony about this a little bit yesterday. Do you know about the Scarlett Johansson sort of um, blowback she's getting? No. All right. So she's tr- she is uh, scheduled to play a per. I think it's a movie that's coming out soon, and she's going to be playing a transgender character mm-hmm. <clears throat> she's been getting, getting a lot of pushback because they feel that they're sort of whitewashing um so these these roles where they can have, could easily find could have easily found a transgender actor to play this part but they chose scarlett johansson mm-hmm. so sort of like the girl in the shell situation where you know she played an asian character people feel that there's lack of re- representation from various communities what do y'all think about that i uh, think it's typical typical <clears throat> hollywood yeah like what was that movie Twenty One about the cow the car counting? What about it? That mo- that the whole story is based off of an Asian person, but they oh. had a white lead. Oh, and I think like one of the side like background like players, like one of the people in the group was Asian, hmm. but not the main character. And I'm sure they're. I read plenty that of- book. The main guy was Asian. Yes, I didn't know that. I don't remember that. Yes, but- so. Like the, the they just it's just a, that's just a thing and. Hollywood, and I'm sure there are plenty of Asian or transgender, you know, like people of you know certain communities that could fill those roles. Yeah. Do you think that they're afraid, or do you think they're doing it because Scarlett Johansson's name is yeah, already name popular? But well, here's the same. Do you go see a movie because she's in it? No, <laughs> I don't really. I mean, uh, I like her, but it depends on what the movie's about. I definitely didn't see Girl on the Show. I can tell yeah, you that. I didn't see that either. I wanted to watch the anime first. But there's something I wanted to say about that. Um, Ghost in the Shell, I think when it, when you compare like race to gender, race whitewashing to gender washing, I don't know, man. It gets kind of murky because like with Ghost in the Shell, they had a right to be upset. You know, that's yeah. kind of an Asian-led film and they, they picked Scarlet. Mm. With this one, I felt like, you know, she's an actress. My man, my man played um oh Jared Alita, Jared Lee. not him. Yeah. yeah, well him too. But um, my man from Jupiter Ascending and uh, Stephen Hawking. Y'all know who I'm oh, talking yeah. about? Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I who, who was his character? Was he was he like a cross dresser or a transgender woman in that film? The Danish girl. I think it might have been a cross dresser. If I'm mistaken. Okay, so there's that, and there's also um, before the allegations came out, Jeffrey Tambor and um, Transparent. Yeah, I mean, why, why, why y'all coming up now to go after her? I feel like it's, it's, it's. I mean, I don't think it's right, but I also think that there's another sense of because again, like you said, there's a lot of there's a lot of men who who have done that in previous movies and previous TV shows, but I think that for her, it's already a history of them doing that, and I think they just sort of pointed it out. Um, but you're right. I think they need to call you gotta you gotta talk about all these characters who have done the same thing and all these actors have done the same thing. Call everybody out. You know, change but the But is it like the actors and the actresses or is it the people doing the casting? I mean it's the casting people. I think that they don't okay. first off, they might may not be able to identify the talent that's there. Maybe they don't really care to identify the talent talent that's there. And I also think it's just 
a little bit of laziness. It's easier just to go with a household name, you know, and call it a day. That's true. You can only have, you know, one person from each minority at top. So that's why I think I think Michael B. Jordan's getting a lot of uh, offers where, you know, other people who are coming up too. you know, they mm-hmm. got to kind of fight to get those offers, too. Um, yeah. I get it. I get it. You know, they're, they're, their eyes are, you know, they got like a what, blinders on. Yeah, or they got blinders on. Yeah. I just don't think this is the. I don't think scholars get dragged for this. Yeah, well, yeah, we shouldn't drag her. Let's dra- yeah, like you say, let's drag the casting directors and the, the, and the directors casting and the directors. producers. Like, there's a whole industry. Yeah, you know, not with her the fault. whole history of doing things like this. Because so. as an actor, I'm taking any gig I can get, so it's not really my. You know, I'm I'm doing what I can do. Um, so yeah, all right, let's let's move on to our our main topic. So this is one where I like to ring these bells. On. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one where it's really up to our interpretation. We're looking at what do you stand up for? You know, there's the every quote day. every day. There's a quote that says, you know, if you don't if if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for for anything. anything. So we're looking at it like in your in your daily lives, like every day, you know, whether it's work related, whether it's you know something you're dealing with in personal life. What do you stand up for, and sort of why do you stand up for it? I guess I'll go first. I believe in karma. Like I also believe in just, I believe in God and I believe in fate. So I just, I, I guess I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. I, I treat others the way I want to be treated. Like, you know, I figure, you know, I've always been the type to, uh, you know, just, just kind of like let, let some things go, not all mm-hmm. things, but some things and be like, okay, it is what it is. You know, I might need a favor from this person later or right. be, be it as maybe this person's having a bad day. So I'll just leave it alone. What if I was in that situation? Mm. I don't know, man. I stand up for people who are treated wrongly in the way that that person who's giving out the um, behavior wouldn't want to be treated. So I stand up for that. Yeah. It kind of reminds me. I don't know if you ever seen the TV show with John Kenyon. Uh, what would you do? Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. What would you do? So essentially they're creating scenarios where uh, they put these everyday people into crazy situations and they want to see what happens. Like, what are they, do they get involved? Do they walk away? Things that such. And I kind of, I didn't really have a, a it was something similar happened. So I was just walking down, you know, Greek town uh, during work. And I, and this is a dilemma I always have. So there's a lot of people who are homeless asking for money. And today, that day I was just like, I was kind of generous and I, I gave this person money. Right. Because I like this person needs to give him a couple of dollars. And then this next person, I walked down maybe another couple of blocks and another per- person asked for money. And I didn't give that person. <laughs> money. That was your choice. But I felt kind of bad. I was like, if I'm going to give money to one person, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm obligated to give it to someone else. So I was, I was kind of in, in a dilemma. Like, should I go to the ATM real quick, get money out and give it to this person? Or do I allow them to, I don't know, just let someone else do it for me? I did feel kind of bad. It was, it was a moral dilemma. I didn't know really what to do in that situation because I, I felt like I did my duty of giving someone else, that first person, you know, some money. So am I obligated to do that for everyone else? It's not um, really a duty, though. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's not a duty. Nice. That's, true. That's true. That's true. But I'm I'm just I, I want to make sure that everyone has. I don't know, just just fair to everyone. And that, that was just something I kind of struggled with. I'm um, not saying that it's it's not necessary to give them the money. It's just it's a, it's a gesture, kind gesture. Um, but for me, I'm like, all right, if I can help one, you know, I got to be able to help him all. But I just know that's not the case. It's, it's kind of hard to do. But in that situation, I felt like, you know, I want to stand up for people who may be disadvantaged in some way, but I can't do it for everyone. Right. 
So has there been any situation where you tried to stand up for someone, um, but you weren't able to do it? Like something prevented you from being able to support that person in some way? For instance, maybe you had like a coworker who, you know, was being um, harassed by a boss or something. You couldn't say anything about it. Well, before we go there, Shana, what do you stand up for? Black politics. Okay. Every day. And it's just funny, like, how people, when they, um, like, we talk about politics and we complain about politics without even knowing. <coughs> like, everybody I know has complained about a result of the Telecom Act No, uh, that Bill Clinton signed back in the 90s <coughs> without even knowing. Like, yeah. oh, I'm tired of hearing the same songs on the radio. Well, there used to be a cap on how mm-hmm. many radio stations you can own, and then the Telecom Act got rid of that. So that's mm-hmm. why you hear the same songs on the radio. Mm. I didn't know that. Wow. How's that black politics, though? Well, and then because that affect black radio station owners. Wow. It dropped. That dropped dramatically because, like I said, it used to be 40 used to be able to own 40 radio stations, and then there was no cap at all. So that reduced the amount of black-owned radio stations, like, drastically. Mm. And then the amount of, you know, revolutionary music, of course, goes down. Independent artists or DJs breaking, you know, new artists, that went down drastically. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I guess it didn't really tell you all what I stand for. <laughs> no, you did, yeah, you did. <clears throat> so, yeah, so, so, well, yeah, yeah, I, I guess. In a, 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 being just. Being just. Another thing, too, is this, um, obviously being a doctoral student in education, educational, equal education opportunities for all. I think that's always important. Um, I work, I do a lot of research on that, I do a lot of, I spend a lot of time on that as well. And I think that's just important because I think education open, opens up opportunities for People who may be either disenfranchised, although some educational systems are just perpetuate uh, specific uh, disadvantages, so we got to figure out how to how to change the actual system to be uh, inclusive and incorporate the needs of all individuals. Um, but that's something I think is important for me. Yeah, and back to politics. It just recently went all the way up to the Supreme Court that Michigan children don't have a right to literacy. <laughs> all right. Why? Why us? Because wow. at first it was it's something that went to the Mich like the Michigan State mm. Supreme Court like this was back maybe 2012 2013 yeah. where it's basically like all the schools have to do is keep the lights on they don't have yeah. to educate our children and then it went all the way to the Supreme Court, Court and then they agreed with the state Supreme Court decision yeah. that literacy is not a right. I'll tell you this, so I, I can tell you why. All right, so in the United States Constitution. Education isn't actually addressed. There's been no uh, there's there's no amendments that that talk about education being as an essential factor in an individual's liberty. Right. The four I believe the 14th Amendment, the 14th Amendment states that, that everyone has to have have access to a, to a system of education or some. It doesn't necessarily say that, but they have to have, have access to education, but it doesn't, doesn't say have to successfully prepare them to be literate. Right. So that's the issue. It's about interpretation of the laws. Um, and so it's, it falls in that gray area. So they, as long as again, as long as they have a school system for the students, that's all the, the Constitution says, says they have to fulfill, which is uh, is horrible because you got all these schools who aren't teaching their kids crap. Um, and so now we have to figure out 
But if the school is not teaching, is it actually a school? That's what I'm right. saying. It's school. <clears throat> like, yeah. the, the where are they going for? I'm just taking my kid there to just play with other kids. And then if it's my school. kid doesn't go, I get in trouble. It see that's where that's where the United States What's went wrong. We had to address education should have been added to the the, the Constitution in some way, uh, or it should be in the future. Because again, you're going to deal with situations where it's up to interpretation, and different states interpret it in different ways. Because in education, you're not, the federal government doesn't doesn't oversee the educational systems. It's the states. The state government has the authority, and so the states they can do whatever they want. It's in the state constitution to address education, whereas the federal government, they just agree with what the states follow. So it's really up to the states. Doesn't mean it's right, though. You touched on something about <clears throat> a time where you might have stood up for something and how did it go? Hmm. Uh, I can tell you a situation where it went badly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I had a friend in middle school. Um, he, had, he had kind of a sugary voice. So what is that? So he had a feminine. Vo- he had a feminine voice. <laughs> okay, but he he wasn't gay though. He was he was a straight man. He just um I guess he was he was kind of like raised in a, in a house full of women. Mm. So some people the school he used to come from they would call him like gay and faggot and stuff like that. So when he came to my school, it was a new start for him. And plus he had another friend there. So um. We were walking, and you know, I'm I'm young and ignorant. Yeah. He's my friend, so I'd be like, "Hey, man, you ain't gotta touch my hand. Don't be fruity." I was just joking. He was like, "I'm not fruity," and then he oh, just wow. kind of like walked away. And I was like, "Oh, I feel bad." So when I came up to him, I said, "Hey, man," I I, I was just joking. He kind of explained to me why he felt why he was like so like mad about it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I said, "Oh, I didn't mean it that way." So there was one moment in class where people where the teacher was uh, giving us a lesson on you know. Um, and standing up for people or, you know, like everyone being different and, and accepting people's differences. And I tried to do the heroic thing and say, hey, Willie, I just want to let you know, man, you know, uh, me and Paris, the girl that came from his old school, you know, we mm-hmm. got your back. If anything like that happens where somebody criticizes you because he had just spoke up recently uh, before then about how everybody used to call him gay. And he felt bad about that. And I mm-hmm. said, hey, man, I got your back. And the Arab, then one lady in the class was like, Anthony, what you going to do? Oh, and then wow. the class started laughing at me, and I just kind of just kind of just sunk my head a little bit. Like, well, I tried to be a good friend, you know. I mean, he got the idea; it, it meant something to him that yeah. I said that, you know. But to everybody else, it was kind of like, Anthony, what you gonna do? Dang. So, so they yeah. turned they turned it on you. It like, <laughs> but I mean, the issue is that we fall into this um, this pressure, especially in, in in school. Like, kids gonna pressure you to think one way, you know, believe something. So you did the the courageous thing of stepping up and, and advocating for that person, right? But then they flipped it on you like, oh, you don't got the power, like you don't got the right. Well, that's what kids are. Kids are mean. <clears throat> yeah, kids yeah. are assholes. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was a certain, it was a similar situation I had. So I was at a summer camp in high school, and my best friend, we both went to the camp together, and um, these were a group of kids like from all over like Metro Detroit, and so they were like they were teasing and picking on them for some reason, and at that moment I didn't say anything. Because I didn't say anything because I was like, all right, if I say something, then, you know, the, the heat going to be put on me. And, like, he got upset because I didn't stand up for him. And then that was, that was the end of our friendship. And I really, like, I, I kept thinking in my head, like, what could have I done if I would have said something would have changed that situation? And it's just like, again, that fear, that fear of being ostracized yourself, you know, puts you in that that, that weird predicament. Like, should I do this? Um, or... If I do this, well, is it going is it going to backfire on me and make me the the, the, the uh, put me in that vulnerable spot? Uh, so it was difficult, you know. It's, it's it's challenging because 
you want to do the right thing. It's just in that situation, your head is taking you in places like, oh, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. You keep making so many excuses. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. So that was a situation that was negative. Um, it, but it was tough. What about you? Have you had any negative situations with standing up or not standing up? I mean, I, I'm a reformed bully. <laughs> so I can't. You I were can't. a bully in school? I can't believe it. Nope. <laughs> I don't believe it. I said I'm reformed. Is beating I, kids up? I can picture no, Shayna asking for lunch money. I can picture Shayna. Not like for that. lunch money, but like you know, like talking about like people and like I don't want to say getting other people, but like mm. when pe- other people participate. Like I remember, like when I was in the seventh grade, it got bad to where like her parents and my parents had to be like called. Like right. it was a meeting. Dang. You, was so you, a real you were a psychological bully. <laughs> yes. Okay. Were, yeah, I've ran into those. I'm, it happens. It's middle school. Everybody's uh, bullying but someone. But it, it, like, they were like, oh, she's the leader and she needs to stop it. Like, I'm like, I'm not the leader. Mm. But then when I, after the meeting, like, to see the pain in a parent's eyes, yeah. because they have to deal with the repercussions of that, that, that literally changed me. So when I got back to school and they say, I'm like, we off that. And they're like, all right, we off that. I'm like, damn, I am the leader. (laughs) (laughs) You're the alpha of the pack. Like, we, no, we ain't doing, like, we ain't talking about her no more. We off that. And Mm. and they was like, okay, we off that. Mm. Hey. I got to say that this generation, I think we stand up for things. I just think that we only, um, we only go so far. And for instance, I'm going to go to something that that's sort of political. You're looking at a lot of the pushback, you know, with the Trump administration and a lot of the um, the, the policies put in place. So you see people, even with the protests where the lady climbed up the, the Empire State, not Empire State, uh, climbed up the Statue, Statue of Liberty. Liberty. Um, she she sacrificed her her freedom, you know, to stand up for these kids who are being affected by these these immigration policies. But I feel like you don't see enough of that. You don't see enough of those demonstrations. You see a lot of people who will, you know, talk about it, blog about it, tweet about it. Um, but who's actually putting in real action for these things? Right. So I think that it takes not only your voice, but your actions to really follow through and stand up in something. What do y'all think? I mean, it can happen in radical ways as well. I got a friend of mine. Um, I don't think he would mind me telling the story. Um, I got a friend named Ryan. Um, he had an incident where when I asked him like why he did it, he, it made sense. So he went to subway during his lunch break hmm. and he came outside and he saw, he saw like these two kids beating up on this one kid and this one kid's like, help me, somebody help, help, they're beating me up. So he, he looked at this for a long minute and then just walked away. And I asked him, I said, well, why you do that? Did you feel like you just didn't, didn't want the responsibility? He says, nah, man, I feel like it's good that kid got bullied. I said, why you say that? He said, sometimes you need things like that to make you tougher. He says, and then he, and then we, then we, we spoke about, there's a joke that Chris Rock said where, you know, people need bullies. Yeah. Like, you know, you need bullies to toughen you up. You know, I'm sure Chris Rock had bullies. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, man, but how you know that kid probably didn't, you know, like off himself like afterwards or something like that? He's like, nah, man, I got faith he didn't. I got faith that he needed that ass whooping to learn how to never take it again. I'm like, how you know that ain't the first time that that's just the first time? Like we kept going back and forth, right. but I understood where he was coming from. It was a radical state st- stance 
but I understood where he was coming from. That's a tough you know, one. Radical though. stance not to do anything. Right. A radical stance. Yeah, he ain't even say, hey. Right. Stop that. Or he didn't talk to the kid afterwards, like, hey man, it's gonna get it's gonna get better. He you told, know, something like that. He told me he seriously debated saying something. I was like, man, you should have at least said something. He was like, nah, man, I feel like that's needed because I went through that. I'm like, but he might not be you. And we right. just kept going back and forth. And what's the quote? It's better to build like strong children than to repair broken, broken men. men. Yeah. Yeah. I, but that situation is it it's a catch twenty two because again, like you said, it may not have been the first time that happened to him. I mean, he may not have had people in the past who ever interjected and helped. And so he may feel like, all right, I'm worthless. Like nobody cares about me. Nobody wants to you know protect me. I I'm calling for help. I'm literally I'm physically calling for for help. And no one is, is doing anything. And that could be one of those things that breaks breaks his uh, his spirit, man. You never know. And, this this uh, might sound cruel. Oh, go ahead. Oh, and just because something built your character <laughs> doesn't mean it's going to do the same thing, right. you know, for another person. Like, a lot of people that struggled coming up as far as, like, financial, and then they, you know, they're in a better financial position. When they have children, they want to kind of emulate that financial struggle for their children. Like, no, like that, yeah. like that doesn't build your character. It like does poverty doesn't build your character. There was a flaw to his, his, his point of view, but he still made some compelling arguments. I mean, so, I mean, it's different with different kids. Some kids don't have a foundation and maybe he was like that and him getting beat up didn't make things, Man, these things kids any going better. Some real shit. You, you talk to some kids. Like I, I went right. to a classroom me... and I told a kid that I was a social worker. He's going through some real shit. Like, he was oh. like when we chopped yeah. it up. Yeah. I mean, it's that and it's also natural selection. I mean, sometimes you got. I, I know that's cruel. <laughs> that's but, cruel. What? But sometimes you got to go through some hardships in order to become tougher. But Did some you just kid quote racist ass Newton. Right. <laughs> like only the strong. Well, I mean, you can't apply that to some things, though, especially in childhood. Yeah. I'm not saying that's the one route to go. I'm saying it might be the kid probably was going through some stuff. I think my friend should have said something, but he made right. points as to why he didn't. Yeah, I mean, in his own way, he had, he had his he had his reasons, but um, I think that's a, a cop out though. I, mean, no, no, <laughs> like, I, you, I would take a radical stance. Not <laughs> to do I mean, but sometimes a radical stance. I agree. Sometimes in some cases, a radical stance is to not do something. I I agree. Think about it. If you and this is a hypothetical, if you are around a group of fans who are racist and you decide not to participate in a racist uh, behavior, you're Taking a stance by not doing something, right? Mm. If you don't, if you're not saying anything, like you can be like, "I'm not participating in this because this, that, and the third, Then yeah, that's a radical stance. But if you just like, "Oh, I'm just gonna opt out of this without saying anything," that's not radical. Yeah, you being the white moderate that MLK was talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's tough though. It's, it's it's a situation where, and I I can see where he's coming because again, it it does. But every every kid, I'm sure, goes through bullying. They go through something. And some kids are able to use that to strengthen themselves and, and sort of build that backbone. But other kids get broken. You know, it just depends on that, that kid's sort of personality, what's going on in that kid's background. You know, if they always felt hopeless or they feel like there's no support. Um, but but I, I guess I can, I can sort of see. He could have changed that kid's life. I remember I had to have been about 10 years old. I was walking to the store with my friend. And... I was looking down at the ground while I was talking to her. This man, I've never seen him before in my life. Haven't seen him since. He said, young lady, put your chin up. 
Get mm. your head off the ground. There's nothing down there. And he mm. kept on walking. Wow. He didn't have to say anything to me. He could have thought to herself, like, why is she doing that? She looks weird. Yeah. Like, she's having a conversation, but she's looking down at the ground. She's not looking at the person that she's conversing with. That changed your life forever, huh? Yes. That brings me to a point. Um, <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I got one, too. Um, when I uh, when I got off from high school and I was taking a bus, um, uh, I was I was just on a mission to get home. I was tired, so I was waiting for the bus. You know, this homeless guy was around, just kind of talking to himself. He was like, he's like, you go head on, young man. You get your education. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I didn't really pay him any attention. I just kind of nodded to him, said, okay. He's like, yeah, you go head on. And then, I don't know, that kind of stuck with me, too. Because like, I don't want to be like him. <laughs> I mean, that was in junior year, though. So it was about the time for, like, college recruits and all that. So it, yeah. it did resonate with me. Yeah. So, yeah. But I know, like, things, um, I don't know if y'all saw, like, the protest against gun violence in Chicago this past weekend where they shut down the interstate highway. Stuff like that. You know, that's those are things where, first off, it's, it's, it, it's for a message, it's for a reason, and it gets people to feel uncomfortable. Like, shutting down a highway makes people uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. It, it stops them, prevents them from going where they need to go. Um, it draws a scene, draws a crowd. Things like that are what we sort of need to continue to do, um, especially when we're dealing with issues of injustice, whatever that may be in any form. We got to make it uncomfortable for people to allow them to see or at least hear hear us out in regards to some of these issues. Um, you know, even like the Selma March, you know, uh, marching over the bridge in Selma, Alabama, you know, shutting down the highways, things that such. It got the conversation going. I think nowadays we do, we stand up very frequently for things that aren't, I'll put it this way. We're a little bit, we're a little bit fractured in the way that we do things right now. I think that, there's a protest over here for one thing, um, the same day there's a protest over here for another thing. You know, people are all just all over the place because they, they see so many injustices that they just want to get involved, but it's not done in a way that's actually structured and can really bring change. So I think we're doing a good job of sort of being um, aware of these issues, but we got to change the way we do it. We got to change the approach. Um, sort of like your friend should have changed his approach to what he did. No offense to Ryan, man. If you're listening, He's Ryan. interesting you... guy, man. I might have him on here. You tell him to come. Oh, was that? I think that was where you're going to invite. Yeah, he was going to talk to us about uh, the effect of net neutrality because oh, he's okay. a gamer. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool guy. Yeah, bring him in, man. We got to talk about that situation. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> any any other thoughts regarding uh, today's topic? I mean, you see stories like um, like like at, at my job, you know, one of one of my two jobs. You know, you got stories of people going in to talk to HR like I've been working here such and such years. Can I get a little bit of a wage increase? I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. People staying up for themselves as far as like, you know, wage increases. Um, you know, maybe there might be an unfair, uh, an unfair increase on your bill of some sort. You know, people stand up for each other every day in certain ways. Yeah. Also, I mean, I just think that. Yes, every day brings, you know, an opportunity for us to, you know, voice our concerns and stand up for ourselves, stand up for, for each other. Um, and so take advantage of that, even though if you feel like you may not have the power to do something or you may not be in a situation where you can actually make change. I think that that one gesture of, you know, voicing your concerns, um, you know, really making your yourself known and the issue known can make that change. Like you said, the one, the, the guy who came and talked to you, told you to put your head up, that, that made a change in your life. And you forever remember that. And I think we don't, we don't think our actions will have a lasting effect, but 
They may. I feel like it even comes down <clears throat> to the basic thing ever that everybody does, which is driving. You know, as in Michigan, you talk, you're taught to be an aggressive driver, drive mm-hmm. aggressive. You know, and you usually don't have many people that when you got to get out of a driveway and it's, it's congested traffic and you got to get in, you don't have many people that let you in. You know, mm-hmm. I let people in. You know what I mean? I don't do it a lot to where I'm backing up backing up the people behind me, but I let people in. And I feel like that, mm-hmm. you know, that comes back to me when I need, when I'm in that situation. Well, you better It definitely me. does. When you let, when you allow people to get in, you definitely get that karma. You better than me because I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't let people in when you know the lane is about to merge. Right. right. You knew the lane is about to merge two miles ago. Right. And you're trying to put. <laughs> yeah, but any final thoughts? Final thoughts on this topic? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you got something you believe in, stand up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there may be times where you're scared, but, you know, um, reflect, you know, move on past that and know that next time you have to stand up. What's you, Shana? Um, I'm stand up for something. Be focused. Yeah. Remain focused on what it is that you believe in. Don't mm. be scattered. Yeah, we don't have enough time or energy to be all over the place. I just want to say, all of our followers and listeners, each day do one thing. You know, just just make that one change. Stand up for yourself in, in some way, and you're gonna see it's gonna come back to you with the positive karma. So, thank you all. It's been a great talk today um we will see you all soon this has been another been another episode of can we talk